Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Tuesday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Macatrilla here with you. Steve Jones will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Man, we got a lot to talk about today. I know Mark and Steve did a great job kind of starting this conversation, and now it's going to really pick up today as far as sports and what to do about the coronavirus. We got into it a lot during the 4 o'clock hour yesterday, but Mark took over for me. Thank you again, Mark, as I filled in for Bucknell men's basketball, or women's basketball, I should say, as they got the W last night in the Patriot League quarterfinals. We'll get to that in a sec. But what to do now with coronavirus in sports? We got into that discussion yesterday, and now we really have our first big news regarding this, as the Ivy League has canceled the men's and women's basketball tournament because of coronavirus and they've also have have shortened other and they have other restrictions now in place as far as what what fans can attend and not attend but they're still going to continue some postseason play in some winter sports which I don't really understand so we also have and we talked about this a little bit yesterday the NHL the MLB and the NBA restricting locker room access to media members because of coronavirus. That I could see working to some extent because you still have interview rooms where players or coaches are at a podium, so there's not really too much direct contact. So I can see that. I I can see where maybe that is. I think it's still annoying as a member of the media being in that situation before where that, that can be a little bit not ideal. But what the Ivy League is doing to me is at the point where some of this has gone a little too overboard in response to this. Now, of course, we got to take our concerns. we got to take our precautions, of course. And I think most of us have been doing that because this is somewhat serious because it's spreading quickly and people have died from this. And we know who, who, what people are, what people could be susceptible to it. It's the elderly. It's maybe young children with low immune systems. Maybe it's somebody that has a pre-existing condition, that's fine. We should take those precautions, but how much is too much? And that's, I think, where the discussion that we're going to get into today is what exactly is too much. And with this going on with the Ivy League today, I think this is a case where it's too much. Because you, you look at what all these teams have done to get into the tournament. Penn, for example, both teams... The men's team had to, and we talked to Matt Leon about this the other day, the men's team had a fight to get into to be the fourth seed. Now they're not going to get a chance to try and see if they can go deep in the tournament and try and get 
probably the only buy that the Ivy League is going to get. The Penn women with the number two seed. And they're not going to have a shot now. I think they had 10 wins in the Ivy League this year, a 20-win season, I want to say. And I'm sure if you're the if you're the other side of this, the Princeton women and the Yale men, I'm sure sure they're probably happy that they're in the tournament, but the way it happened can't be great. Plus, you look at all these senior classes from all these Ivy League schools that are not going to have a chance to play in the tournament, whether you're on the Yale men's team or the Princeton women's team or not. It's it's just a disservice to the student athletes that have worked so hard to get to this point of the season. And the part that I don't get is this is somewhat contradictory where you have some postseason competition may continue for winter teams in accordance with institutional policies. Well, then why are you canceling the basketball, which is arguably your biggest winter sports teams of your league? So you're canceling that, but other postseason competition may continue for winter teams in accordance with the institution policies. That I don't understand. And effective immediately, the league is also implementing highly restrictive in-venue spectator limitations for all other upcoming campus athletic events. And the league is also canceling all out-of-season practices and competitions. Now, if you want to do all out-of-season stuff, I, I still think it's somewhat overboard, but I can see that. But in an essence, so again, you're canceling some of your biggest event, your biggest event of the year probably with these basketball tournaments, especially the men's basketball tournament. You're still allowing some postseason competition to begin for other winter teams in accordance with other institutional policies and you're still going to implement highly restrictive in-venue spectator limitations if they had just left it with sorry I got locked out <laughs> oh that's all right no problem <laughs> but I, I was just saying Steve so I just I just don't really get the direction that Ivy League's trying to go in because here they're I, canceling some of their their biggest events of the year but yet they're still going to allow some winter sports to compete in, the, in their postseasons and they're still going to have highly restrictive implementations oh. for fans too so it's like okay. I think if they just done those two minor things alone we'd be fine okay. no need to cancel okay. a tournament here okay let's get two quick things number one okay they canceled the Ivy League tournament so Yale which Penn State beat earlier in the year gets the automatic bid you notice they're not telling Yale not to go to the NCAAs you notice that they, right. didn't tell Yale, they didn't tell Yale not to go to the NCAAs, but they canceled the tournament. What needs to happen here, in my opinion, is don't skip the intermediate step. Don't skip. Use some common sense and don't skip the intermediate step. In other words, one step is, okay, just keep, let's use common sense and let's just keep going with what we're doing and living our everyday lives which right now, as you know, is what I personally advocate. Be smart. Don't go to Costco and buy up every piece, all the hand sanitizer. You know there's more than just you in the world. I mean, Alvin Gentry, Alvin Gentry, the head coach of the New Orleans Pelicans, said he spent hours trying to find hand sanitizer, and everywhere he went, there wasn't any. Don't be the one that goes in there and says, I've got enough now for four years. So if we're quarantined for four years, I am going to make it. Right? Okay? If you're quarantined, you don't really need it as much. <laughs> you're quarantined. Okay? Next, all right, if you feel a step needs to be made when it comes to sports, 
right? Let's just take sports or any, okay? Because you can, really, you can't really do this. You can't really do this with concerts. You can't really do this with um, other gatherings. Sports, you can do this with because sports is televised. Which means you can still, in other words, if if there's a concert, um, Matt's favorite group, Metallica, is having a concert. You're a big Metallica guy, right? Uh, they're they're okay, but uh, I, I see where you're going here with this. Right. Okay. In order to enjoy the concert, you have to go to it. They don't televise the concert. Oh, they may do a television special about a concert, which, by the way, includes people being there. But, okay, that's different. A sporting event you can still hold because of television and radio, obviously. I mean, they wouldn't X out the radio part either. So you can still have the event, but the intermediate step is then you restrict the access to the fan being at the event which means you would then restrict the access needed for security people and so forth being at said event. That's the intermediate step that needs to be taken. Let's take, for example, what I think, I want to say Ohio State is not going to have classes, and uh, they've suspended classes until March 30th. As I mentioned yesterday on the show when it comes to, for example, my class, I really only need to uh, teach one more day. That's really all I need. Because the second project is a second play-by-play project. And because it's a second play-by-play project, I have taught the play-by-play section. Now, I would then teach specifically to the sport they want to do the second time through to reiterate or else break new ground if somebody wanted to do baseball or something like that. But I have at least taught it, and they do know the parameters of what the project happens to be. Best three by play, best three play by play calls, and then two minutes of stand play by play. So that's already been established because they did one of those already. The talk show section, which I'm going to teach next Monday, or at least I'm scheduled to, that really is the one I need to teach. So I can get away with in my class. And my, my class can still have the full benefit of it as to where we are. So we could do it. Doing this show, no issue. I'm already doing it from home to begin with. There's also other items in here I can, I can do from my home based on my job and where I am. When it comes to the games, the Connecticut State Basketball Tournament was just canceled to, uh, today the high school basketball tournament in Connecticut. And they skipped the intermediate step. If you're that worried about it, you can still hold the event, just restrict fans being at it. Right? I mean, that's what it comes down to. You can do that. So I'm what I'm against is I'm against panic. I'm against people who don't use common sense. And common sense may dictate that you have to do something. So it works both ways. But don't skip the intermediate step and go to the dramatic step. Let me, let me ask this question. 
All right, let's see. Let's see how sharp everybody is about this. Do you know how many people have died so far this year from the, from the flu in this country? An approximate round number. Just the flu. I mean, flu. And we've had different strains of it over the years. But this year's particular strain, which was considered to be a tough strain of flu, by the way, how many people have died in this country from it this year? How about, unfortunately, and I'm very sorry to say, about 20,000? And again, it's, again, the, it is, unfortunately, in the usual... Many are in the usual, not all, but many are in the usual category, being the elderly. They get the flu. Some get pneumonia. That's 20,000 from the flu in this particular year. Bad. Now, of course, the difference is people can take a flu shot, and there is not a shot for this, at least yet. How many people have died from this in this country so far? Do you know the number, Matt? I don't have the number in front of me. I thought it was, I thought it was still in the 20s. Uh, yeah, it's 26 right now. 26. So 26 in this country versus approximately 20,000 that have died from the flu flu. Now, we've had different strains over the years. H1N1. Kathy got H1N1. Okay, you know, and it, it knocked her for a loop for a little bit. This is years ago, but okay, she bounced back, and you know, and, but that was a big deal. H one N one, H one N one, swine flu. Remember when that was a big deal? Swine flu, a huge deal. Something else that was a huge deal a couple of years ago: Ebola. Remember what a big deal Ebola was a few years ago? How often do we hear about Ebola? Almost every single day. Right? You have to be smart about these things. You can't dictate your life by panic. There may get to a certain point where you have to sit back and go, okay, hold on a second here, guys. Let's, uh... All right. You got to be smart about it. Wash your hands. Common sense. Soap and water. Hot water. Soap. Common sense. And sanitizer. Common sense. As I said yesterday, what have I been doing for weeks? I mean, Matt, what have I been doing for weeks? How many flights have I taken in in the last eight weeks? Good amount. Wash your hands. Right. How many hotels have I stayed in in the last eight weeks? <laughs> also a good amount. I'm still sitting here. <laughs> okay. How many how many arenas have I been in in the last eight weeks? Oh, geez, yeah. How, how many thousands of people have I been around in the last eight weeks? Thousands. Tens of thousands. How many people have stopped me to say, hey, would like a picture? Hey, not tens of thousands, obviously, but more I mean, more than you realize. You're in the lobby. Hey, could I have a picture? Great. Hey, I'm at the game. Hey, could I have a picture? 
You know, I mean, I'm on the road Saturday. People, you know, I mean, in Chicago, hey, could we have a picture? Sure, I'll do a picture. You have a picture? Sure. I mean, that's why I'm saying, okay, like all these things that are supposed to be like, ho, ho, ho. I've, I've been do I've traveled. I've stayed in hotels. I've had contact with people. I've been in large gatherings for weeks and weeks and weeks. You don't want to know why I'm not panicked. And I can't. Li- I can't live my life that way. I, I can't. If I start living my life that way. That's the point where I got to look around and say, I got to get out of things. I can't, I can't do that. And I refuse to do that. I've never... Look, have been any awful things that I have in my family over time? I've had a couple of sons that have need major surgeries. One surgery took 17 hours. You think I panicked? I was worried, but I wasn't panicked. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Great to have you with us. Brian Tripp in a few moments. Big Ten men's ice hockey semifinals at Pagula Saturday night at 7 as they take on Minnesota. We'll talk to Brian about the first-ever regular season championship for the Penn State men's ice hockey team in the semifinal matchup with Minnesota. Once again, that will be Saturday night at 7 at Pagula Big Ten semifinals. And don't forget, Allentown will be one of the sites this year for the NCAA Men's Ice Hockey Tournament. Ivy League has bagged its tournament. I think if you could handpick any league that would have been the first to do it, it would have been them. But you notice that they didn't tell Yale not to go to the NCAAs. Hmm. wonder why not. So... And by the way, Princeton gets the automatic bid for the women's tournament. Okay, so that's uh, that's what uh, that's what that's about. So the Princeton and Yale, Princeton women, male, uh, Yale men, get the automatics to the NCAA's from the Ivy League. Now they weren't going to get, I would say, really what you call a lot of money out of this, because number one, Harvard is a small arena. Uh, so. I mean, the old term bandbox could be used, but uh, the NCAA is a different deal just by getting in. And we're going to get, I'm going to get into the financials of the NCAA tournament on Monday. But I can tell you the basic is Yale will earn the Ivy League $280,000 just for showing up. All right money they probably can use down the road. Once again, if you're worried about this, if you're an organization in sports, see, again, it's different for, like, you know, talk about different gatherings that you can have. You can take in Austin, the Music Fest, what, South by Southwest? That's what music, technology, it's a big festival in Austin, everything. You can move that back if you want. You can't 
if you really don't want to hold it now, it's not televised. So you do have to make a decision on something like that, which they did last week. In sports, you can you can there can be an intermediate step that you can use where the games can still be played because of the television radio component. Because you have that, you can still hold games. Just like the Southeastern Conference held its men's basketball tournament after the tornado hit the Georgia Dome in 2008. I don't think people remember that. At the Georgia Dome, during the Alabama-Mississippi State game, the game went to overtime and a tornado hit the Georgia Dome. They then, after a stoppage, because the tornado hits, there's a brief power outage, there's damage to the Georgia Dome, they finish the game eventually. After a delay, they finish the game. It was a long delay. I want to make sure it was at least safe enough to finish. And part of it, too, is by, by playing and finishing the game, it kept people inside the arena and not outside. So it turned out to be a beneficial decision for the people at the game. They finished the game, and then Kentucky was supposed to play the last game of the night. And they made the decision saying, you know what? We need we need to stop this. There's too much damage to the Georgia Dome. So, so they postponed the game. Now, the building is filled with Kentucky fans. Filled. I mean, Kentucky, I mean, I, I, I realize a lot of you have not been around this. Uh, but I've been around it. I've never seen a basketball group that um, that travels like this. They're upset. So now the SEC meets, and the decision is made they can't finish at the Georgia Dome. This is 2008. In fact, Tim Brando, we've had Tim on the show. Tim was announcing it was... You want to talk about a broadcaster being brilliant that night? He was brilliant. And they finally decide, hey, let's go to Georgia Tech. So they go to Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is shut down for spring break. And Georgia Tech is going nowhere in postseason, so there's nobody on campus. They get a hold of the guy that runs what was then called Alexander Coliseum. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called now. They said, sure, you can, yeah, here you go. I mean, here are the keys of the building. I mean, when it comes to food and beverage, you're going to have to bring in your own stuff, whatever. The SEC made the decision to hold the rest of the tournament, which would be the last quarterfinal game uh, that Kentucky was supposed to play in on that Friday night, they would have to play two games in one day, a quarterfinal and a semifinal, and then eventually they'd play the championship game on Sunday. Now, it turned out that Georgia, a team that was not going to make the tournament unless they won the SEC, won this tournament. But what they did was they said no fans. No fans. Just just the basics for people in the building. You know, people running the scoring table, the broadcasters, 
uh, you know, sports information, uh, some sports information people, and some other people that were essential to running the event, the building, some security people, obviously to keep people out, whatever. But they ran the event with no fans the rest of the way. They just thought it was the best thing to do. That's the intermediate step I'm talking about. That's the intermediate. And you can do that. The SEC was televising it. The radio guys were still doing it. So people still had access to at least watching and enjoying the event. And that's the intermediate step I'm talking about here. Don't just jump to the, oh, can't do it. We're done. No, 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 no. No. Okay. That's management by panic. At some point, maybe it will be needed that you have to shut it all down. That's why you have contingency plans. That's why you try to plan out for everything. But don't skip the intermediate step. Some events you have to, there is no intermediate step. Actually, in sports, there is. All right. Brian Tripp, great job as the play-by-play voice of uh, Penn State men's ice hockey. In fact, Brian, uh, they did a great piece on you on GoPSUSports.com. Congrats on that. Well, Steve, I appreciate it. I had nothing to do with it. I was kind of embarrassed by it because I don't like the attention. Just do the job and spotlight the athletes and the coaches. But they did a really nice job on it, and I was uh, very, very happy um, with the job they did. And it was true pleasure to be honored by them. That was that was great. Yeah, well, it was great. Where did you get that attitude about from in terms of uh... – <laughs> I don't know. I kind of hung out with this this guy, doing a talk show with him for a couple of years. Took a class with him. Became really good friends with him. Yeah, you know, I don't know who he is. <laughs> don't know who he is. <laughs> Neither do I. Uh, okay. Uh, so, uh, Pagula Saturday night at seven, Minnesota mm-hmm. semifinals. What has the time off meant? But at the same time, how has Guy Godowski tried to then combat the potential of rust? Yeah, I think there's two ways to look at it. Number one, this time of year, hockey is such a physical, physical sport that you don't mind the time off. That being said, to go 20 days between games with the team playing the best that they had been all year, there's certainly some concern there. I think from what I've seen going to practice and from talking to the players, from talking to the coaches, they're happy with where they're at. They've really worked hard the last couple of weeks. They've tried to do some extra simulations. I think they've played some more scrimmages, some more... Yeah. up-tempo, some more game type of drills at practice to keep that edge, but you can't replicate playing a postseason game. No. Um, that being said, they also had some guys a little bit banged up, so with the exception of one guy, Connor McMenamin, who's still day-to-day, he left with an upper body injury in their last series, they are healthy, and they should be fresh, and I think there's an advantage to being fresh, not only because do they have this tournament to worry about, they still could play, and they will play in an NCAA tournament and then hopefully a Frozen Four. So to get the rest and then still have a month of hockey left can right. really help them. And that, by the way, that would be in Allentown to start out mm-hmm. with uh, yep. because Penn State is the host of that. And it mm-hmm. will be in Allentown once they get to the NCAAs. But first things first. Uh, so let's get to uh, the goal scoring part. They are getting, as usual, a lot of shots on net. Brian, how would you talk? Well, how would you describe the quality of shot 
And are they are and you know we always talk about in in football special teams staying in your lanes. In basketball, you're running at the fast break. Stay in your lane. Does this team do a good enough job of staying in its lane so they get the proper angles on a shot? Yeah, I think they are, and I think part of that goes back to the way they're playing defensively too. Not only are they they're staying in their system and still generating the amount of quality offense that they have in the past. I know their numbers are a little bit down. Last year, they were four and a half goals per game. In conference play this year, they were just over three. But if you look at the quality of goaltender and the quality of competition they played defensively specifically this year in the Big Ten, I attribute more of their number decrease to the quality of the opponent and the goalie that they've played against than anything they've changed offensively. And they've had a little bit of bad luck along the way. And I think that the thing that shows me that they are – in the system and buying in and staying in that lane that you're talking about is that they're getting back defensively and those numbers have improved. It hasn't just been a free-for-all on offense. I still think they're generating the quality chances that they have in the past. They're getting shots, and that's been most evident over the last month. The way they played in February against Ohio State, Wisconsin, then especially against Minnesota, where they forced LaFontaine, their goalie, to make 54 saves on Friday night. That that's Penn State hockey, and that's what Guy wanted to see, yeah. and that's what they've been building toward. Because where they've been unlucky is they've had a couple. Of, you know, to me, so many goals are scored off of rebounds, mm-hmm. and to me, that's where they've been a little. The the puck bounces, and yeah. you don't quite get the quality chance, or it bounces completely over the stick. And it's going to happen more at this time of the year because when it gets warmer, the ice gets choppier. I don't care what mm-hmm. they do inside the arena; it still gets choppier because it gets it gets warmer. Yeah, and I think if you look at what happened in the overtime games they've played, they've had three posts in overtime. You take those and convert those into wins, and all of a sudden you're looking at a team that ran away with the Big Ten, that easily was a lock for two or three months now for an NCAA tournament, instead of kind of sweating it out here at the end. Just a little bit changes. It's so funny with perception in a 34-game schedule (laughs) with the weight each game carries – 16 only 16 teams make the postseason what just one or two things can do for perception guys like the way they played they've liked the way they've played and they feel like they're playing their best at the right time of year and i think that's the important thing and in this conference Steve, with how familiar it's the same in every sport but yeah with how familiar and how talented the other six teams are the margin for error is so so slim let's see and that and that's the thing right there there's always these game by game. Oh, oh, oh wait! Oh, go ahead. Oh, like, just just settle down. It's okay. Really look at the whole whole body work. No need to think. It's not your job yep. to think. Well, that's you know, it's funny in hockey because you'll get to January, and sure, the stakes are high every game you play, especially in a conference where the top six teams. There was only a ten point difference between the top six teams. Oh, uh, when you right. finish in the final standings, but. People have been saying since January, oh, this is the most important game of the season. This is the most important game of the season. I understand that, and that's great. That's great for the sport that you feel like every game is so important. And it's great for interest and attendance. But I'll tell you, Pat Chambers sent Guy a text after they clinched the regular season, and we were talking before he sent it, and Mm -hmm. everybody at the table saying the same thing. What a phenomenal job Guy Godowski has done. And everybody, and of course, everybody mentioned the assistants, the job Mm -hmm. they've done. I don't think people realize how good a job they've done. Yeah, I think, honestly, and this is part of my responsibility, too. When you step back and you look at what they've accomplished in the seven years of the Big Ten, 
They've already won a Big Ten tournament, and now they've won a Big Ten regular season. The only two other teams to have won a tournament and a regular season in seven years, and not in the same year, Minnesota yep. won the first four regular seasons, mm-hmm. and they've won a conference tournament once. And Notre Dame won a regular season and, a and the last tournament. conference tournaments. Yep, there, there's only two other teams. So Wisconsin, they've won a tournament, haven't won the regular season. Ohio State's won a regular season, hasn't won the tournament. Michigan's won the tournament, hasn't won the regular season. And for Penn State just to be mentioned and achieve what they have in the seven years of the league, it's remarkable with the, the quality of competition, the established competition that they've had. Again, everybody had the head start. I mean, yeah. everybody had the head start. Uh, so LaFontaine, mm-hmm. uh, what has made him tough? Because I think Minnesota was kind, of, was kind of splitting between two guys. Yeah. And it looks like he's the one that's emerged. Why? I think he's really matured. I thought he matured a lot from when he was at Michigan. Then he went and played juniors. Then he transferred into Minnesota. And he gained the trust of the coaching staff. I think because he's a veteran goaltender, he's been around it once or twice. The thing they didn't like, and I thought honestly in November when Penn State played at Minnesota, that the freshman Jared Moe was the better goaltender. Um, But LaFontaine, there's been a confidence with him. He's played with poise, and he had to make a huge save. Notre Dame had the goalie pulled down by one on Sunday night in the final game of their series, the best of three. It came down to game three, and he made a great save with the blocker, but he was in he was in position. He knew where the puck was going to be. He made the read. He pushed over, and he just made a, and he made a great save look easy because I think he's playing confident, and the team really buys in. They play well in front of him, and sometimes that's just as important as the way the goalie's playing, how the team plays in front of said goaltender. Which then I want to just, and this will be the last question. I know I have to let you go. But Peyton Jones at the other end. Look, this is the veteran. Mm-hmm. He's been there before. He has backstopped a Big Ten tournament championship. He's now backstop a Big Ten regular season championship. Where you, It's not guaranteed people get better year to year. I think people assume that, but it's not mm-hmm. guaranteed. Why is he better now? He's been mentally engaged the entire season. He's been consistent all year long. He's been there. It won't show up because of anytime there's conference awards or voting it basically for the most part comes down to statistically who's the best and Straussman and John Lethemann and Napier and Morris they've they've had great years and statistically but the most important player for Penn State all year has been paid and he won't win a postseason award for it but he may be the team MVP for the way he's played all year he's been locked in there haven't been the soft goals maybe one soft goal over 34 games that speaks to him and the confidence he's playing with he's matured he he really has improved And, and I think he doesn't get rattled by any we no, saw this this freshman nothing. year. The moment's never too big. Nothing. The moment's never too big. But even in the game situation, if a penalty doesn't go their way, or if there's a play that doesn't go their way, or a defenseman has a breakdown in front of him and he has to bail him out, or maybe he doesn't. He doesn't he doesn't let one play or one moment rattle him. And I think that's where he's really grown. And not to mention he's a great athlete, has all the physical tools, but that mental part's been really important for him. Great job, as always, my friend. Looking forward to Saturday night at 7. I hope you don't mind if uh, if circumstances dictate I'm not there for it. <laughs> I, I hope the circumstances do dictate that. I hope you don't want to see you, and I want to see a game on Saturday and Sunday on CBS. <laughs> Yeah, I thought you were going to say, I hope I don't see you, and I've got a list of reasons. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do, but I was just trying to be kind. Let's keep those behind closed doors. You're the best, Take buddy. Care of, 
Yeah, take care of Bob at Harry and Izzy's for me. Oh, no, or St. Elmo's. No, we're going, no I, I already got I already got reservations at St. Elmo's. Okay, All right. perfect. Craig House runs it. Penn Stater. Okay, so we're in in. I've already warned Bob about the shrimp cocktail and the horseradish. I said, look, yeah. just be careful because there's not enough water in the building. It opens up. <laughs> okay, the horseradish opens up every pore. <laughs> okay, go get him. Get to the finals, okay? Same to you, Steve. Have a great weekend. SMC Ford F-150 Explore Escape. SMC Ford F-150 Explore Escape. SMC Ford F-150 Explore Escape. Sunbury Motors Ford is challenged to sell 75 new F-150s, Explores, and Escapes during the month of March with these huge savings. Choose from over 140 new Ford F-150s with savings up to 16 grand, and they start at just 24.794. Pick from over 25 of the totally redesigned 2020 Ford Explorer. With discounts up to $7,500. And they're slashed to as low as $33,965. Browse from over 56 of the all-new 2020 Ford Escape. And they're reduced as low as $21,965. Want more? Take an amazing ten grand off a 2019 Ford F-150 Raptor. And a whopping $20,000 off a 2019 Ford Expedition. SMC has Central PA's largest selection of new Ford trucks. So hurry in to Sunbury Motors in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury. All right, one of the best in the business when it comes to media is Andrew Marchand in the New York Post. We're going to talk to him. Al Michaels, uh, NBC, has said, no, we're not going to do an Oswald the Lucky Rabbit trade again. We're keeping Al Michaels. No offense. If I'm the NBC boardroom, that meeting took seconds. We didn't even bother doing a voice vote. Are you kidding me? So Monday Night Football continues to circle a fogged-in airport. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15. And Hummel's Wharf here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. WKOK. 